0: tune out passionate
1: from a young lover hey everyone it's jonathan and welcome to another disney nutcracker over on every version ever i'm doing a podcast series on nutcracker adaptations for christmas in july and while i started out that series by sharing the episodes i made last year for this podcast with nikki and katie talking about the nutcracker in the four realms and then the hip-hop nutcracker I actually found two more Disney adaptations, so we had to do those as well, and I figured I had to share them here with this podcast also. Mickey's Nutcracker is a Disneyland stage show from the early 90s that was recorded for broadcast. In addition to the Disneyland show, there's also a cartoon adaptation that took the story in a whole other direction. Both of these were pretty short, so we figured we'd just combine them into one podcast. However, I will say, even though this episode is pretty short, we did go off on a few wild tangents. And I cut some of them out of this episode, so if you want the extended, extra-ridiculous, tangenty version of this episode, check out my Patreon. Okay, let's get on with this very random Christmas in July episode, talking about Mickey's Nutcracker. Okay, so we'll do the cartoon first. And from what I've read, This thing has been kind of recycled several times. I think it originated as part of the show Mickey Mouse Works, which is pretty much impossible to find online. And then they took the cartoon, the Nutcracker, and then reused it for an episode of The House of Mouse, which is how I found it for us to watch.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And then that was later taken and recycled as part of a direct-to-video movie, Mickey's Magical Christmas snowed in at the House of Mouse.
0: <laughs> wow, well, you know, Disney is quite a lot about recycling things, as as we've seen with, you know, live-action things and this, and, you know, it works.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've got something, they might as well be resourceful with it. I kind of do the <laughs> exactly. same thing with my podcasts. <laughs> if it fits for multiple podcasts, it's going to be multiple <laughs> podcasts. This will probably end up both on every version ever and on the Disney movie marathon.
0: But we don't have a really weird-looking Sebastian out of the mix. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: So have you guys seen The House of Mouse before?
0: Uh I think my nieces might have watched it a time or two. Like I, from what I under- from what I understand of the show, I, the concept is cute. Just like doing the kind of like live show and like, oh hey, look at this thing kind of a deal. So
1: Yeah, I remember when it was on. I don't know that I watched a whole lot of it because we didn't have the Disney Channel. And if it re-aired on network television, like a Saturday morning thing, I don't know that it aired long enough that I would have caught it. Or when it would have re-aired, because that depends too, because like, depending on how old I was when it was re-aired, I don't know. I know if it was on, I saw it, because I n- remember watching some of it, but I don't remember where I watched it. I don't remember if I watched it at home or at my grandparents' house. So I know I've seen some of it, but not enough that I'm super familiar with it. It's one of those mm-hmm. things that I kind of wish would go on Disney+, and they haven't put it on there yet.
0: Yeah. yeah, They definitely have, like, they're, they're selective and in, like... How they choose what goes on and what doesn't is, I, I would love to know the process because it, it is very much like roll the dice. Okay, this is going, that's going, but another thing will not.
1: The Nutcracker cartoon is kind of bookended by House of Mouse stuff. And it's, I don't remember how much of this is like an actual episode because it's been so long since I've seen it. So I don't know if it's normal to have most of the episode be recycled cartoons and just a little bit of stuff bookending, because there wasn't a whole lot of stuff that was like just for this episode. They kind of bookended, it was mostly the Nutcracker, they bookended it with, there's supposed to be like a gift exchange, and Pete wants in, but he wants in to play Santa and steal everyone's gifts. They couldn't get the rights to the Grinch, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And then you had a whole bunch of shenanigans with Mortimer Mouse trying to get Minnie to kiss him, repeatedly, accidentally kissing Clarabelle Cow instead, and then (laughs) Pete for some reason later on.
0: (laughs) Is that who that was? Mortimer Mouse? I I had no idea. It's like, okay, who's this kind of like shifty looking rat guy?
1: Yeah, he's kind of one of the obscure characters. He wasn't in that many early cartoons, but he was usually like a foil for Mickey's. Like, mm-hmm. what? going after Minnie, like, uh, okay. a love rival.
0: Wasn't he initially? Because Mickey Mouse was originally Mortar Mouse, yeah?
1: That I'm was what, That was one of the names that they were thinking about for Mickey before he became Mickey. And then uh, once okay. they had Mickey, they decided to use the name as sort of like an anti-Mickey.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. His, uh, oh, what is the term? I'm trying to think. Bizarro. Bizarro Mickey. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> But yeah, through all the stuff with the gift exchange, you get the story of the nutcracker, and you have Minnie playing Maria and Professor Ludwig von Drake playing Drosselmeyer. And then there's also a narrator who I'm 99.9% sure is John Cleese.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're right. That's that's who it sounded like to me. Yeah. It <laughs> Which does was random. Yeah. I suppose in that time and place, like he was doing a lot of a lot of stuff and yeah. Like, he can play the goof, like, not actually goofy, but he can play a goofy role and Mm -hmm. uh, still have that, you know, that classic British, you know, I am intelligent, or I am, I am, I am the narrator, please listen, you know, kind of a thing. So Mm -hmm. class it up a bit, maybe.
1: Kind of. As much as you can class this one up. (laughs) One thing I really liked about this version was the electric guitar rendition of the Nutcracker music. (laughs)
0: i did really in in both of these i really did enjoy the variations like they they went Mm -hmm. outside the box quite a lot
1: a lot especially in the next one but this one first i i just really liked the electric guitar i i couldn't tell if they'd mixed in like a kazoo into the background too but it sounded unique and i liked it
0: very yeah
1: this this is a very shortened version of the story you have drosselmeyer breaking the nutcracker instead of maria's brother and then he gets kicked out of the story by the narrator
0: <laughs> <laughs> seemed like the good move
1: <laughs> and then maria is in love with the toy wishes it was real and then she shrinks down to the size of a doll and i ne- i need to like reread the story but i i don't think this is following most of the story very closely at all i think they made most of this up which becomes more and more apparent as it goes on <laughs> Because all the stuff with the Mouse King, like like the Mouse King in the book, it's a Mouse Queen, and the the character of the King is actually her oldest son who takes over after she's killed. So they've done away with that entirely, and now it's Donald playing the Mouse King, but he didn't want to do it until he found out that the Mouse King wins, but that was a lie by the narrator to get him to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And when he showed up, I was thinking, they should have had Mortimer do this role. (laughs) it would have made a lot more sense to have him as the evil mouse king
0: it was also quite strange to see donald without any like i know he doesn't wear pants but the lack of shirt he looked very very underdressed
1: (laughs) (laughs) i liked his buck teeth (laughs) they also have a train chase for some reason which i don't believe was in the book and goofy shows up I I don't know if he's supposed to be the Sugar Plum Fairy. (laughs) He says he wants to be the magical snow fairy that can instantly transport them to the Evil Mouse King's kingdom. And I don't know if that's supposed to be the Sugar Plum Fairy or not. At this point, there's like a commercial break, and then you're back at the House of Mouse. And this cracked me up because the first segment before you get back to the Nutcracker story was you get the science of Santa with Professor John Drake. And... (laughs) I love the part where he's talking about part of the reason that Santa's going around the world so fast is the motivation to get milk and cookies. And then he bites the head off a gingerbread man, and you cut to the audience. And there's characters from an early Disney short, I think it's called The Cookie Carnival, (laughs) who are in the audience watching (laughs) and are horrified that he's eating one of them. (laughs) <laughs> I think the main character from that short faints at the sight of the cookie's head yeah. getting bitten off. <laughs>
0: hey, for some people, that could be a very traumatic thing.
1: <laughs> and then you get a very random Fantasia parody. <laughs> because (laughs) pete wants to, to steal all the presents so he decides he needs help so first he steals yen sid's hat and yen sid is the wizard from fantasia and he brings all the brooms to life like mickey did in the sorcerer's apprentice And then it's like a very quick parody of The Sorcerer's Apprentice with similar lighting and Pete directing the brooms like a conductor, but it's to the tune of Good King Wenceslas (laughs) instead (laughs) of The Sorcerer's Apprentice. (laughs) And then eventually you get back to the Nutcracker, and then there's a battle for Maria. Mickey's battling Donald while Goofy is trying to free her, and you get more electric Nutcracker. They eventually escape, but Goofy gets trapped in a snow globe scepter, (laughs) <laughs> which i I don't remember from from the book or from the play,
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna say it um the the thing that you mentioned the electric Nutcracker that sounds like it would be like a really great uh band name <laughs> it would
1: <laughs> yeah, they should do like I'm sure they probably have like an electric like a Mannheim steamroller type stage show for the Nutcracker. Oh, that would be really be so cool.
0: cool. I know there's a fair amount of um nutcracker stuff that has been done by Mannheim and probably um
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: yeah, I, but beyond that, I don't know.
1: they should just do a whole show, and maybe well, they huh, got, we got, we got a
0: country rendition or like a kind of a well we got a country rendition of um one of the songs and in the other one that we're gonna be talking about i you know, they can do that
1: well, you got a lot of versions of things in the other one,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
1: Anyways, Donald is eventually defeated, but ends up trapped inside the scepter with Goofy, upset that he didn't win. Mm -hmm. And then Ludwig von Drosselmeier shows up again and tells them that the scepter was actually his. The Mouse King usurped him, and he was the rightful king of the Sugar Plum Fairies. And then he sprouts wings, and an army of Sparkle Fairies follows him out of the story. (laughs) And the narrator is... (laughs) Basically just completely confused by everything that just happened. (laughs) Like I said, I think they kind of made up their own everything.
2: I'm pretty sure that's in the original book.
0: (laughs) Okay. Oh, it has to be. Most accurate adaptation. Yes. No notes. Keep doing what you're doing. Chuck Norris approves.
1: (laughs) And then you go back to the House of Mouse and you get pete trying to hide the stolen goods shoving them into a vent but it turns out that the vent was a furnace and he incinerated all the gifts and then discovers that (laughs) they were actually for him anyways but i don't know if they were lying to make him feel bad or what (laughs) (laughs) you also get a quick cartoon about donald building a snowman with a bomb for some reason but i was actually typing up notes for the previous part and I didn't pay enough attention and by the time I finished the notes it was over because it was so short and I didn't go back and rewatch it (laughs) you also get another bit with Mortimer and Minnie and for some reason I guess Pete is on Minnie's side because Mortimer tries to kiss her and he shows up and kisses him instead (laughs) I guess he did a 180 after the whole gift fiasco And then you end on a weird commercial for Geppetto's Toy Shop talking about, like you have this stereotypical Carnival Barker announcer guy for a commercial talking about how they've lost their conscience and everything must go and their little donkey boys are working hard in the salt (laughs) mines to save (laughs) you money. (laughs) And their tagline is, not all toys become good little boys. (laughs) <laughs> well, this <is> bizarre.
0: That <laughs> is cheeky I, as hell. <laughs>
1: it's kind of fitting that like as we're recording this I'm still in the middle of my Pinocchio series so <laughs> it kind of fits in with everything that I'm working on right now.
0: <laughs> I would also add and this is a minor point but the fact that um Pete wanted to pull the seven dwarves to be his elves uh, <laughs> earlier on so was pretty funny.
1: Yes. <laughs> They also had a joke about snow being in the building because it was snow white. (laughs) But yeah, that's where that one ends.
0: Short, simple, and to the point. Four out of five stars, we say check it out. Yeah. (laughs) You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be really confused. (laughs) But your toes will be tapping because the music is really catchy. Yes.
1: Yes so now we've got a much longer special this was actually apparently a show at disneyland that they recorded in the early 90s and aired on tv and i'm not sure i need to look up who the narrator was but he sounded like one of those trailer narrators from the 90s if you know what i'm talking about like
0: like don lafontaine kind of Mm -hmm.
1: see who was the narrator if it's on imdb or something
0: i was gonna say the when they showed his face he looked really familiar but i couldn't place him
1: mark bunker
0: no idea really
1: he doesn't have a very long imdb page
0: hmm. maybe he's someone within disney
1: i'm gonna guess he's not usually an actor because all of his other credits are producers crew and filmmaker he apparently was behind leah Remini's scientology documentary series oh that's interesting
0: <laughs> well you know you go from uh, uh an interesting music ver- version of the nutcracker to you know scientology documentaries it is kind <laughs> of a natural path
1: of course
0: how much had he done back because this did, was this came out in 92 how much did he do to that point
1: that's that was the first thing on here wow. i don't see anything before that
0: someone looked at him and said hey you have a good voice yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe he worked at disneyland that could have Personally. been his inroad to the to this show because like this started as a show at disneyland yeah. and i don't know who the other actors were besides like the regular voice actors but they looked like people who would be at disneyland and nobody's credited on imdb as the other right. the dancers and everything
0: well, and being that it was not not to say that they don't do because as a YouTuber you could like put all your stuff in there as a as an actor or as mm-hmm. a as a presenter, but I would imagine for a, a stage show like that from the '90s that's maybe known but not greatly known, it's not something that you're going to out you know automatically pop up on IMDb.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But everybody there looked like somebody who you would see at Disneyland, so I'm just going to assume that that's who they were—just Disneyland cast
0: so i think those backup nutcracker uh soldiers uh with the with the the bikini shorts or the bikini pants (laughs) um do you normally see those at disneyland
1: uh probably not
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i will say like um
2: Mickey was just like i brought some friends and she's just like what kind of friends and then they walked out i'm like oh no what kind of friends are these
0: <laughs> i mean you think about it though it was the 90s and like i was not just gonna say, 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 not say it to say was the rocket, 90s well <laughs> that and you know not that the rockets not that they aren't still around but i think that was kind of you heard a lot more about them back in the 90s mm-hmm. so they were probably copying that style of okay if we're gonna back up people dancing they need to be they need to have that look yeah and not that they were pulling high kicks but i that probably is just was part of the way that they just dressed then probably that's me guessing but yeah
1: yeah this thing starts out like it's a commercial for disneyland but then transitions into the nutcracker and they've added lyrics to the music i didn't write any of the lyrics down but i thought it was kind of interesting i don't think i've seen i don't think i've seen lyrics added to too many other versions i haven't watched a whole lot of versions yet but off the top of my head that doesn't sound like something that you would normally see as people adding lyrics to the song i feel like purists would probably find it sacrilegious <laughs> <laughs> but the people who are singing that did a good job so it was kind of cheesy but i actually liked it yeah it was like nostalgia for something that i wasn't nostalgia for <laughs> <laughs> And this version takes place at Minnie's Christmas party, which is apparently the social event of the season. And you get a bunch of costumed characters along with a bunch of non-costumed characters who are interesting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, you have all the normal, your staples, Goofy, Pluto, Mickey, and Minnie and such. But then all of a sudden, Roger Rabbit shows up.
1: Uh, Yeah, and I was thinking, they must have filmed this like... Because they, as far as I know, back when the Roger Rabbit movie came out, they were really trying to make Roger Rabbit a main character. And this was, like, right after that. So they were probably just trying to put him in wherever they could.
0: It's like, we paid for the costume. We got the voice actor for another six months. Just put him on everything, you know? (laughs) Not that I, like, I love Roger Rabbit. It's one of my favorite, like, Disney movies. But, yeah. Oof.
1: (laughs) it was it was interesting
0: it was it was definitely interesting that's a good way to put it more power to them for trying to push new stuff because you know you always need to up your game you know change things up you know Mm -hmm. add some new life to it but i'm not sure roger rabbit is the best one to do
1: (laughs) well we'll we'll get into what he ended up doing later which was (laughs) also very of the time So, beyond the costumed characters, you also have a character named Conrad, who is apparently very rich and handsome, but lonely. When they started focusing on this guy, I was like, what is going on here? This is bizarre. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? I, I think that a lot of people could relate to being really good looking, well off, and quite lonely.
2: <laughs> Especially the people at Disney World. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Luckily not Roger Rabbit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you also have Minnie's neighbor, Tina, who is only there for the food, and Ethel, who is the life of the party, <laughs> and also the narrator who brings a giant present, which turns out to be the Nutcracker Mickey. And when they opened that box, I was like, I bet they based the cartoon Mickey Nutcracker off of this prop, mm-hmm.
2: because it looked
1: very similar. <laughs> And I know, like, not that it was made for the House of Mouse, but I'm sure some of the same people were on it. With the House of Mouse, they like to do deep cuts to more obscure stuff. So I bet that they based it, at least in part, on this prop, just as a reference.
0: It makes sense. I mean, they tend to do that quite a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the narrator makes everyone leave so they can go on with the story. <laughs> <laughs> like, we only have a half hour, you gotta get out of here. <laughs> then that night the nutcracker comes to life and brings in a tap dancing troop of soldiers, one of which is Tina for some reason. And then, then I was like, oh that's why they focused on these party guests. And then I was like, okay, well that means that Ethel is the sugar plum fairy and Conrad is probably the mouse king. But he turned out to be the Rat King instead of the Mouse King. I guess they didn't want to besmirch the name of mice because Mickey and Minnie are mice.
0: That's a really good point. I didn't think about that.
1: (laughs) And these soldiers do like a jitterbug version of the Nutcracker, which was an interesting take on the music. I really like when they do the different versions of the songs. Like I've always liked I mean I have a podcast called Every Version Ever that doesn't my interest in different versions of things doesn't stop at only movies. I like when they do different versions of music as well. So this is kind of right up my alley even if it's weird and cheesy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that makes it better really.
1: Yeah. It was really interesting. I was like, okay, this is really strange, but I kind of love it and I'm really glad that I've chose you guys to talk about this one with. <laughs> So they get through with this jitterbug version of the Nutcracker, and then Tina is famished, so all the soldiers leave to eat. (laughs) It's like, this is so weird. And then mice start coming up through the floor, and the narrator calls them hench rats. Then you get an electric guitar version of the song, The Rat King, appears. But in this version, apparently he was once a handsome prince, and he's now under a curse, which is not from any version that I know of.
2: It's a good setup for a happy ending, though.
1: So. <laughs> Very. Yeah, and, and the only thing that can break this curse is apparently sugar, for some reason.
2: because rats <laughs> hate sugar. Yeah,
0: poor guy.
1: That was so weird. Like you have him wanting to break this curse, and that the narrator has already said that sugar breaks the curse. So why does he hate sugar? Does he want to break the curse or not? <laughs> <laughs> And then he does an angry hard rock rap about hating Christmas. And I was just cracking up at at how weird and cheesy this was. And I I was like, this is not that great, but also I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the rats terrorize the soldiers who just scream wildly and do nothing. (laughs) 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 This is all so bizarre.
0: It was quite fun though. Like when I when I started watching it, I thought, "Oh God, it's a stage show. Oh, that's not good." <laughs> but then he got into it, and it was genuinely there was. It was really creatively done, and there there's mm-hmm. a, like, they they took the source material and they. Re- I mean, obviously they made it their own, but they they took unique decisions and they 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 did some cool stuff. So it was good.
1: Yeah, they they definitely did not make it boring.
0: <laughs> True. <laughs>
1: Then you have the Rat King, apparently about to kill Mickey. (laughs) And then Minnie sneaks up behind him and smashes him over the head. And he, like, slowly descends through the floor, (laughs) like the Wicked Witch of the West melting, (laughs) vowing to be back. (laughs) And then Tina is starving again, so all the soldiers leave to get another snack. (laughs) So then after the soldiers leave, Mickey asks Minnie if she wants to come with him to his kingdom of Candyland, and they get into a sleigh pulled by Pluto, who Minnie says looks just like my dog, because it is her dog, because she (laughs) established earlier that Pluto is her dog in this version. (laughs) And then you get what I thought was going to be like a traditional version of the snowflake waltz until ethel the sugar plum fairy shows up and does a jazz version with (laughs) lyrics to to the dance of the sugar plum fairy (laughs) after that mickey and minnie continue on their way and the rat king tunnels up through the floor again trying to figure out where they went and then he sees the fairy's wand and he's like trying to charm her thinking that the wand will break his curse but she says, no, only the deluxe model can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells her to buzz off. So she goes back to her little seat thing that she flies in on. And she gets out a very 90s looking touchtone phone <laughs> and calls the exterminator, which has the digits sound like the Nutcrackers music as she's dialing. And she calls the exterminator report a rat infestation and flies (laughs) off. (laughs) Then the narrator's talking about where they went and the Rat King, like this breaks the fourth wall all the time with the Rat King. The Rat King overhears the narrator telling us that they're on their way to Candyland. So then he's upset about this because he hates that place, all that sugar. (laughs) And I was like he should be happy about having to go to a place with all that sugar he can break his curse he just told the fairy that he wanted her wand to break the curse
0: yeah for not want for not wanting to be a rat he certainly is doing everything possible to remain a rat Mm -hmm. i don't understand it though you know there's there shouldn't be plot holes in something this well put together (laughs) you know i mean it's a solid story it's like you know the gatsby of the 90s
2: I mean, like, honestly, <laughs> the quality of media, everyone.
0: I know. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Like, it, I, I will still say it's funny, but uh, my the, the plot holes, they're a little too much to bear, if we're being honest. I mean, this lack <laughs> of consistency with the Rat, the rat King, you know, I, I just, I don't have words. I may need a minute.
1: <laughs> so they end up at the Candyland. And Goofy is apparently the mayor, and he declares Minnie their national heroine for saving the Nutcracker <laughs> from the Rat King.
0: So long as it's not national heroine as far as, like, the drug, because that would be bad. <laughs> also, I do have one other question, and I genuinely I'm asking this. When they talk about Candyland, do you remember the game Candyland that we played as kids? Yeah. This has no basis in that like there's no connection between the Candyland of nutcracker and the candy land of that game right
1: i don't think so
0: i mean it's a generic i don't know like it's there are 15 places called al's toy barn or whatever <laughs> <laughs> i don't
1: know <laughs> i'm not even sure if Candyland is what it's called in the book i feel like they made that up for this version but i have I've, I've got the book with me right now. I'm Like, I haven't actually read the full book yet. I'm just going to see if I can figure out what they called it in here.
0: If it turns out to be Sweetsville, I'm going to be disappointed.
1: <laughs> actually, you're close. Really? At least on the page that I just opened to, they call it Confectionville.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that that
1: really? doesn't sound right. I wonder if this is, like, a weird translation. Like, sometimes you get with versions of Pinocchio...
0: I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna add something to the end of it, it should really be Confectionsburg, Sweet, if it, Sweetsville, Confectionsburg. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Chocolate well, Springs.
1: They, they're naming a bunch of places. I'm just flipping through, and I keep seeing different places. You've got the Raisin Gate, and there's Candy Meadow, <laughs> Gingerbreadville. So maybe, maybe there is a place maybe it is candyland i don't know i haven't seen it yet
2: from what i remember um from like short adaptations i read when i was a kid it was called like the land of sweets that's what i thought it was that's like what i usually say it so they just wanted to be candyland this
0: time i guess
1: i assumed that they gave the name candyland in this version only because i've not heard it called that before
0: I was gonna say I was unfamiliar with it, but I'm not as familiar with uh Nutcracker as you guys are.
1: Well, I'm not really either. This is <laughs> this is like that. my first real deep dive into it is doing this series.
0: There. I'm just gonna say it though, Raisin Gate. <laughs> that sounds like a very interesting place.
2: No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't only like raisins.
0: Have, only if you have chocolate gate and peanut gate to make Lino you know, trail mix gate. Yeah, there we go.
1: Well, there was an Almond Gate as well. Oh. I just didn't mention that one. <laughs>
0: okay, I did get behind that. Maybe,
1: maybe that was Trail Mix Land. They had an Almond Gate and a Raisin <laughs> Gate, and there's an M&M <laughs> Gate somewhere else.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a Chocolate Land of some sort around there, so... Can I petition that Raisin
2: Gate becomes Crazing Gate?
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. That'd be awesome.
2: <laughs> the superior dried fruit. Very much.
1: I like both, but for different purposes. Like, if I'm just going to eat something, I probably would prefer craisin, but I really like raisin cookies. But also, craisins would be good in cookies if you did, like, craisins and white chocolate. That would
2: be really Mm -hmm. good. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're all hungry now.
0: Well, we keep talking about sweets and, I don't know, I'm still going back to having someone bite the head off a gingerbread man, and I kind of want to go find a gingerbread man. (laughs) and Just threaten him. Hey, give me your gumdrop buttons.
1: Kind of hard to find gingerbread men when we're recording this in May.
0: Yeah, so, <laughs> fine. gingerbread
1: men aren't that plentiful you know at this time just, of year. Just
0: kill my dreams. You know what? First, you introduce <laughs> us to this highly, you know, wrong version of the
1: Nutcracker. <laughs> I mean, when we're done, you probably could just go and bake yourself some gingerbread if you've got the ingredients.
0: I don't have any ginger on hand. Wow,
1: we tangented Oh my God. <laughs> okay, well, I can't find any anything like without like actually reading the book, and it's not a short book. Maybe I should have just checked the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <That> <laughs> well,
0: probably you know, for next time. <laughs> you know, for next time when I ask a dumb question.
1: Actually, you know what? Probably looking at the book is the wrong thing to look at because I don't think that is from the book. I think that's from the ballet. <laughs> no wonder I couldn't find it. I think they probably took the idea of thing places based on candy from the book and turned it into a whole land for the ballet. Oh. I keep forgetting that the book and the ballet are different. Like I just kind of ass- actually I assumed that the book was like a children's adaptation of the ballet when it's the other way around. The ballet was based on the book and they changed a lot. Land of Sweets. So you were correct. Cool. So Candyland is an invention of this Mickey version.
2: So it's all elaborate ruse. Something like that. By Mickey and Goofy to trick Minnie in that she's in a different area. Wow.
1: Maybe they were trying to sell their own version of the board game at Disneyland, and they wanted to have some corporate synergy. (laughs) Anyways, back to the story. (laughs) (laughs) You get different versions of different songs by different characters completely overhauled. You have a version of the Chinese dance sung by Chip and Dale, and also Tina is back for some reason. <laughs> and this one gave me Munchkin Land of Oz vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just their voices. It just seemed like something the Munchkins would sing.
0: I was going to say, too, it really reminded me like it's, and I know that the Chip and Dale are kind of in this same realm as elvin and the chipmunks but that that level of pitch i was just sitting there waiting for them to start singing christmas christmas time <laughs> is here time for joy and time for cheer
1: they should do something like that and then after that you get dance of the reed flutes except it's roger rabbit singing about brushing your teeth <laughs> <laughs> and i about died i was like <laughs> this is so 90s you gotta get the edutainment moral for children in there about brushing your teeth because you can't just feed them sugar you gotta tell them they better brush their teeth too
0: <laughs> well they kind of have like uh differing messages because he's talking about brushing your teeth but the racking is talking about like the only thing that will turn him back human is sugar. Like, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We don't know.
1: I don't think they knew.
0: <laughs> ah, true. That is that is a compelling argument, and I think you're probably right.
1: There was no consistency on whether sugar was a good thing or a bad thing in this version. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tigger comes in, and you get, like, a country-western version of the Russian dance. <laughs>
0: I would not have put Tigger as a country music fan. No. Am I the only one?
1: (laughs) There were so many weird choices in this, but I I loved how weird it was. (laughs) (laughs) Then the Rat King shows up in the room with the narrator and says he's got a new ending story. He's just going to ruin Christmas by stopping the entire show. And then he goes on stage and Mickey sneaks up behind him and bashes him with what appears to be at like a 25 pound bag of sugar. <laughs> and then he changes into Conrad from the beginning, <laughs> <laughs> which I knew it was him all along because he had the same oh my weird gosh. voice.
0: Gasp. <laughs> way to, way to, you know, spoil the, the biggest, most epic reveal of the nineties. <laughs>
1: But even though he's happy to be human again, he's still depressed about being alone, and they try and cheer him up with candy, and Tina shows up and asks if he's going to finish that.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's a match made in heaven, let's be honest.
1: (laughs) And then the narrator says he doesn't know how the story ends, because the Rat King tore out the last few pages. So Mickey decides he knows a good ending, and he proposes to Minnie and asks her to stay with him in Candyland. The end.
0: (laughs) such a 90s ending.
1: <laughs> this whole thing was so very 90s. Yeah.
0: With the exception of Tigger Go and All Country, I feel like that's... I don't know what that is. That's subverted expectations that are still being pondered today.
1: <laughs> that was probably the most out of left field. <laughs> like, it, was, it even felt slightly more out of left field than the hard rock rap thing, because that was... A thing that happened in the 90s the country one was just like what is this
0: (laughs) what is this why is this how is this
1: (laughs) yeah that was mickey's nutcracker i haven't watched too many versions yet but this is probably one of the weirdest but also kind of my favorite
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you think at some point john that you'll like rank all of the ones that you've seen at that point or that's probably a ways off
1: I've thought about doing that with different versions. Like I had wanted to, back when I started doing like the Alice in Wonderland ones, I was like, you know, in the in the future, once we've gotten through them all, it'd be fun to rank them. But now I'm like 80 versions in. It's like, how am I supposed to rank this?
0: Well, I know this one was number one and I know this one was the last, but what do I do with these other 85? Hmm. <laughs>
1: It, i probably will eventually like at some point i have to run out of versions of certain stories
0: you and... say that but <laughs> yeah i know
1: i know but i feel like there won't be that many of the nutcracker but i keep finding new ones so who knows
0: <laughs> you come out with a new nutcracker at least once a year i feel like
1: well i suppose we probably can close the episode this was an interesting one. I don't know <laughs> if I will have any that are more interesting than this one.
0: It's gonna have to be a. It's gonna have to do quite a lot to match this.
1: I feel like, I mean, I'm not done recording ones that I've got planned, but I feel like the other ones that I want to do are gonna be more. well, I shouldn't say they're gonna be more traditional because I'm gonna do a, a an episode with Rachel about Hallmark versions. So <laughs> I don't. They they that probably won't be very traditional because they're gonna be
0: hallmark movies
1: romance comedies <laughs> exactly. whatever.
0: but they're not going to be as night like quirkily 90s as no this.
1: definitely not i'm pretty sure all of them were at least the last five years
0: oh, okay nice
1: and one of them probably isn't even going to be a full version of the nutcracker i think it's just about people putting on a nutcracker play and then falling in love i'm not sure <laughs> I'm kind of fudging that one so we can have multiple versions in one episode. So I, I think, think it there's going to be... counts.
0: It's yeah. still relatively within that. It still falls within that realm. It involves a yeah. nutcracker. So, and I'm sure within, and, and I'm spitballing here, but in the Hallmark movies, I've seen that involve things like this. They do tend to bring elements of that back into mm-hmm. it. Not a, like, not the full story, but like yeah. those, those bits, whether it be music or, the way something is shot, or whatever it
1: might be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll get to it or not, but there's a Care Bears version that I want to do with one of my cousins. Oh my because god! Because she that's loves awesome. Care Bears. <laughs> I mean, she loves like all '80s stuff. So if I can have a chance to get together with her sometime in the next month, I would like to do Care Bears with her. Anyways, I suppose before we tangent again, we should probably <laughs> bring this one to a close.
0: Yeah, three hours later, we're still sitting here tangenting.
1: <laughs> Actually, we've done pretty good on this. But it's not much more than an hour, so oh, this might be a record. Yeah, for but us. about
0: half of it was <laughs> tangents. Let's be honest. It,
1: it probably yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not complaining, mind you, because it was fun tangents. Yes. Yeah.
1: Anyways, you guys want to let people know where they can find you if they want to see more of what you do, Nikki?
0: Uh, if you are in the mood for a weird random uh, or straight up bad or obscure movie uh stop on over at my channel on YouTube um trivial theater I uh, do all kinds of random stuff over there uh, mostly movies I uh, I as of this I will probably put out all kinds of stuff hopefully um collabs and and solid or solo reviews so definitely stop by say hi um check out a review or two and Katie. And you can find me
2: at Katie Draws Things either on Twitter or Instagram. And I draw things and I also animate things sometimes when I get the chits.
0: Her stuff is fantastic. Her stuff is absolutely fantastic. Oh well thank you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Katie draws things really, really well. Chest and just draw things. They're they're pretty <laughs> awesome.
2: Yes. <Yeah>.
0: Katie <laughs> draws things. Okay. katie draws (laughs) things awesome
1: i mean i'll probably have the art that she drew for this episode on the screen if you're watching on youtube so you can you can see how great katie draws things for yourself
0: i mean you can see by the look on all of our faces that we're ecstatic about it
1: (laughs) yes okay well thanks for joining me we will talk again soon
2: goodbye bye